0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today's message comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, as you heard a few moments ago. Your brothers and sisters in Christ, how many of you have ever received a second chance in life? And the reality is, is that you can take this question in any direction you want. And I'll try to show you both ends of the spectrum. Let's start with an actual second chance in life, a a brush with death, if you will. When some health issue comes your way and you think it's the end, that it can or will kill you, but then it doesn't. Maybe it's cancer, a brain tumor that you are cured from. Maybe it's a car crash that should have killed you, but you survive. Life should have ended But you're still here. How about a relationship? You did something stupid, something terrible, and your significant other should have ended the relationship with you. But they didn't. They gave you a second chance. What about a job? You did something that is worthy of being fired for, but you weren't. You're able to keep your job. What about school? I don't know if anyone ever had a class where they were allowed to retake a test because you did so bad before. Or the class as a whole did so poorly they allowed you to take it again. What about as a child and you wanted to do something? Say, help bake with your mom. And you wanted to pour the ingredients into the bowl. And the first time you get a cup of sugar, you drop it all over the floor. Did you get kicked out of the kitchen for the rest of your life? Or did mom pick it up and say, try again? Finally, how many of you are sitting here today knowing that at some point in your life, you were not a believer? That you never had faith or that you had walked away from it? Now, as you sit here as a believer, you can look back and see how God was working in your life multiple times, whether it was through people or something you read or heard, giving multiple opportunities to lead you to faith, and you kept turning away, hardening your heart. Yet through the power of the Holy Spirit, here you are. And if you're sitting there today as an unbeliever, maybe this message is how the Holy Spirit will create faith in you. Maybe this is your second chance. And that's because God is a God of second chances. Well, sort of, depending on how you view that definition, which I'll explain in a moment. So let's take a look at the gospel reading for today. In the first few verses of Luke 13, it's almost like Jesus is reading the newspaper headlines. The point is not that those who were killed were greater sinners. No, same with those who died when the tower fell on them. Were they were sinners? No. What's the point? Unless you repent, you will also likewise perish. Then he tells this uniquely short parable. A man had a fig tree planted and it doesn't produce fruit after three years. So he told the vine dresser to cut it down. The vine dresser said, let's give it one more year. But I'll work hard to get it to bear fruit, and if not, then a year from now, we'll cut it down. Now, did you know that the very first time figs are mentioned in the Bible is in connection with the need for repentance? The first mention of any specific fruit tree is in Genesis chapter 3, verse 7. Adam and Eve sin, and right after, there is a need for repentance. The fig tree—the fig leaves, in this case— are associated with the need for repentance. This connects us with the theme of repentance that Jesus establishes in the gospel. In the Old Testament, fruit trees were iconic with fruitfulness. In Numbers 13, the Israelite spies who were taking a look at the land of Canaan, the promised land that God was going to give them, the land flowing with milk and honey, they brought back fruit, grapes, pomegranates, and figs. A tree that is unfruitful is contrary to nature because it should be producing. In Leviticus 19, we actually learn that for three years of the fruit tree, no fruit is to be taken. During the fourth year, the fruit is taken off and presented to God. All the following years, the fruit can be used for the people. If you take that in the context of the parable— That means the fig tree is at least seven years old because the three years it mentions would be those three years when you can eat it, year five, six, and seven. That is plenty of time to produce the fruit that it was expected, created to produce. Therefore, the tree is ripe for judgment, punishment as a result of this. So the owner is right in asking it to be cut down. Now, what's most remarkable about this parable is not the tree, not the judgment, but the mercy towards the tree. Because the vine dresser, worker, who wants to give the tree another chance. And he's not just going to wait another year to see what happens. He's going to work hard to try and get it growing by digging around it, by putting manure on it. This parable is about repentance And it also has an element of mercy, even though it deserves punishment. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. You can imagine it like this. You commit murder and say that in this fictional story, in this fictional land, the punishment for murder is death. Capital punishment, if you will. And the judge dishes his sentence to you. And he doesn't sentence you to death. Rather, he gives you life in prison. That's mercy. Not getting what you deserve. In the gospel reading, we see a fig tree that is not bearing any fruit. It should be destroyed. But instead, it is given another year to try and bear fruit. That's mercy. That's where I connect receiving a second chance with this story. Mercy is the second chance. Every day when you wake up, God gives you his mercy. The punishment for sin is death, and we sin constantly. What you deserve for your sin, for not bearing fruit, for being a barren fig tree, is to be cut down, be destroyed, be thrown into the fire. For us, For you and me, that fire is hell. But God is merciful. Now, we are not entitled to receive second chances from God. We are not entitled to his mercy. God does not owe them to us. And that's where I'd like to differentiate between mercy and second chances. Second chances sometimes focus on the fact that you have the opportunity to do it right next time. But here's the thing, we're not perfect. On our own, we're never going to do it right the next time. So God could give us second, third, fourth, hundreds, thousands of chances, and we'll never do the right thing. More than a second chance, the word of mercy gives hope to the tree because work will be done to it. The vine dresser is going to do everything he can to make sure it lives up to its nature so that it produces the fruit that it is built into it by nature. So you can view this fig tree as the people of Israel. You can view this as the leaders of Israel at this time. You can view this as the unfruitful person. You can view this as yourself. You sin every single day. And God gives you something better than a second chance. He gives you mercy. And with that comes the promise that work will be done. And so God gives you Jesus. Jesus got everything right on the first try. He walked in perfect obedience to the Father. He loved the Father with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. He loved his neighbor as himself. Jesus never sinned, but he died. The wages of sin is death, and Jesus bore the wages for something he never did himself. He took our sins upon himself and died in our place. And he rose from the dead, assuring us the forgiveness of our sins and the promise of salvation, eternal life for all who believe to live a life that God has called us to live, one that brings glory to God, that bears fruit. We have been given the Holy Spirit. Everything that God calls us to do or commands us to do, he gives us the power to do. The Spirit works within us, teaching, convicting, and empowering us so that we can live a life of obedience and a life of repentance, fruitfulness, maturity. We don't do this on our own. We can't do this alone. The Spirit is at work within us, and we rely on Him to work through us. This does not make us passive, though. We don't sit back and say, Well, God forgives, and I have the Spirit. I'm all good. I don't need to have to do anything else. This also doesn't give us permission to purposely sin in order to receive God's forgiveness. Paul is pretty clear on that in the book of Romans. Should we go on sinning so that grace may abound? Should we sin just to get God's forgiveness? No, by no means. That's cheap grace. That's taking advantage of God. That's like saying, well, my significant other forgives me every time I cheat, so I might as well keep doing it because I know they'll forgive me. Guess what? At some point, they're going to kick your sorry butt to the curb. If not, I'm going to come and do it. Because at some point, you're not really sorry that you cheated if you continue to do it. And you know ahead of time that you're going to do it even before you do it. Because they'll forgive you. What does Jesus say? But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. If you are already planning your next sin before God forgives you, at some point, the question of repentance is going to factor into this. True repentance is being sorry for your sins, asking for forgiveness, and amending to change your sinful life. It's a turning away from your sinful ways. If you're already planning your next failure, you're not really turning away from your sinful ways, which means it's entirely possible that you're not actually believing in God's word and his forgiveness and his call for you to leave your life of sin. The Holy Spirit is going to turn you from this way of living and thinking. He is going to work God's redemptive power in you to help you grow and to live in a way that honors and pleases the Lord, to turn away from sin, to love, to forgive, to be fruitful, and to be faithful because God does not want you to perish. So does God give us second chances? Maybe, but he gives us something far greater than that. He gives us his perfect son. He gives us his Holy Spirit. He justifies us, cleanses us in the waters of baptism, changes us, and gives us faith in him to believe all of this. The point is, God has done everything necessary for the tree, for you and me. He calls us to repentance. He calls us back to himself, so that we who we are who he created us to be, we who are his fig trees, will live up to the very nature that he has given to us, so that we are acting as those who are created by him so that we are fruitful. That is what he created us for, just like the fig tree. And so today, through God's power in us, we come before God in faith, in repentance, receiving his mercy and his love, grace, forgiveness, and salvation. And we come before the Lord's table, before the altar, to receive these through his supper through his body and blood that is again given to us, just like it was in his death and resurrection. And so the ultimate reality is that we don't need second chances. We need Christ. He is all we need. And thank God that he has given himself to us. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our risen Savior. Amen.